Live Coin with Silver Linings, and I'm here with Steve Alexander, CTO of Siena um, at the Ottawa campus for Vectors 2023. Steve, thanks for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here, yeah, live so from Vectors. Live from Vectors. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, let's see. I've been at the company, wow, since basically got it started around 1994. So wow. came in with the uh, first group of engineers. Um, First products out the door were around uh, wavelength division multiplexing. Yep. And I've had a variety of roles ever since. Um, you know, I, I like to describe it as, you know, certainly technology, which is my first love in this in this space, but also um, traveling, talking, troublemaking, troubleshooting, you know, the occasional tantrum. You know, right. That fits the bill, right? <laughs> right, right. So we were preparing for recording here, and um, you started, you know, giving me some insight into what you're talking about. Um, here at Vectors with your customers and rather than you know specific technology and you know the product part you're really big picture um, obviously as CTO so tell me a little bit about what the biggest big picture concerns are from your customer what are they seeing are the biggest challenges coming down the pipe? It varies a little bit of course depending upon you know where they are and their own um, you know issues and such but they always typically come down into a conversation around um, capacity, mm-hmm. right? The the concept of the network needing to just kind of get faster. Um, another place that they would like to talk is what happens with the cloud, because the cloud, um, in many ways, needs to come closer to them, right? It's a kind of a uh, an understanding that latency now is an important parameter that they need to, you know, understand and measure in many cases plan for and get some other instances even build differently in order to accommodate. And then there's um, general discussions around what types of services are going to be available in the future. What what do we see from uh, their peers? What do we see happening from other customers that we talk to? And what's the evolution of business services going to look like? It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's been a great set of conversations with folks because one of the things that's really nice about Vectors is it's talking directly to the development engineers. So customers can come in here and have a dialogue directly with the people who had to make technology choices and have to take trade-offs, and they can ask, well, why did you do this? Why didn't you do that? Had you considered the following? Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a two-way street. It's great for our engineers to hear directly from the customers what problems are they facing? Mm-hmm. You know, engineers I mean, kind of exist to help solve problems, right? right? So understanding what the problems are is critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and coming off the pandemic, you know, engineers must have been existing in their own little, you know, bubble. This is the first time you've been able to talk to your customers in well, a, a lot of times, a couple yes. of years. That's, that's right. That's why, you know, I put the, yeah. the chief traveling officer hat on. Yeah, right. And it's, it is great. I think it's four years since we've been able to have the labs open like mm-hmm. this and bring people in. And, you know, what was really fascinating, you know, we've been able to develop you know, great technologies for increasing capacity of the, the fiber networks, right? Sienna, you know, Sienna's two truly major contributions was WDM back in the middle 1990s and then coherent detection around, you know, the 2010 mm-hmm. timeframe. And that's the, the two technologies that really enabled the Internet to scale up in terms of, you know, capacity and such. So I like to say we, you know, we're responsible for building the circulatory system for the Internet. And that, you know paid off tremendously during COVID because people could go and work from home and there was sufficient bandwidth in most cases. And if not, there was, you know, relatively straightforward ways to add additional capacity. Mm-hmm. What um, people also learned is that the architectures of old where we typically had, 
you know, static architectures and they were nailed up amounts of capacity and you would build a residential network and then in parallel you'd build an enterprise network and then you'd build a third network for wireless. That wasn't the right way to do it anymore. You needed the, the whole infrastructure to be much more fluid, dynamic, adaptive is the way that we talk about it, right? Building the networks to be adaptive and that was a, a huge lesson, you know, learned about network architecture, but we felt fortunate that, you know, having developed these um, high-capacity technologies, we knew how to apply them to solve these problems. Mm -hmm. So um, before we started recording, you talked about um, the three Cs, capacity, oh, two Cs, capacity, connecting, and then latency, which you said has been late to the ballgame, ironically. Yes, yes, so, latency is late to the ballgame in terms of a parameter <laughs> that people really need. Right, right. When it comes to connecting to the cloud, why is that so um, important for your customers? And where are we now and where do we need to be? Well, it has become much more important. Um, and a good way, to, good way to think about it, you know, is as we move towards a more immersive experience mm -hmm. with the cloud and people talk about augmented reality, virtual reality, the, the need for AI, ML to process things quickly and have access to lots and lots of information, right? Latency becomes more and more of an issue. Um, and it is largely an ungoverned, in many cases, even unmeasured parameter of networks. What, um, what I've started certainly to do is talk about mean time to cloud. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from whatever device exists at the edge of the network, your, your, your smartphone or your computer or, you know, your smart television or smart refrigerator, um, mm -hmm. your crypto miner, whatever it is, it has some ex expectation about its cloud experience. And when you kind of work through and you put people in the loop and, you know, what's it take for them to experience a cloud correctly and what the machines expect when they're doing lots and lots of processing, um, what you find is numbers somewhere between, you know, so let's say 5, 10, 15 milliseconds of, of governed latency is really what's required to make that work. And then you back off and say, okay, what does that mean for, where the cloud needs to be, or at least the first instance of cloud compute. And you're going to find, um, you know, your edge cloud locations probably are going to be between 75 and maybe 150 kilometers away from you if you're really going to have an immersive experience. Mm -hmm. So if you say, just to pick a number, 100 kilometers, and you go and say, you know, in a major metropolitan area, how many of these things do I need to, to hit that? You're going to get you know, a handful. Mm -hmm. And then for redundancy issues, what people like to call blast radius, you know, if something really fails from, you know, a, a major event, total power failure, earthquake, flood, fire, that sort of thing, right? The whole site goes down, how many people are affected. You factor in all the redundancy, you're going to be having, you know, dozens of these in, in metropolitan areas to be able to, you know, provide that kind of connectivity and, and understanding how you do that interconnection, how you connect with enough capacity at low latency over to all the customers. That, that's part of what makes it fun is solving those architectural problems. Mm -hmm. So um, where do service providers play in this um, meantime to cloud? Well, it's really interesting because they are the ones that, you know, bring traffic to the cloud and deliver it back from the cloud, right? So most people see the cloud through a service provider. So the advantage that service providers have is proximity, mm -hmm. right? They're the closest to the customer. In many cases, they, they're the ones that, you know, serve the traffic in, in either direction. And, and there's some, you know, kind of interesting use cases that, that sit out there around what is the right role for, you know, the multi-tenant small data center out at the edge, and that's potentially where service providers can be. Mm -hmm. One of the 
um, the use cases, which is admittedly very hard to solve, is kind of the, it's a three-party problem, right? It says you're in a smart city. Smart city has uh, service provider number one, right? ISP, you know, something, yeah. some cloud service that services smart city. You have a vehicle coming down the road that has yet another second, you know, cloud service of some kind. And you have, let's say, a pedestrian with its third, okay? They're all coming, you know, Converting. car and yeah. <laughs> pedestrians coming to an intersection. And something has to change. Something has to, you know, you have to intervene. You have to do something. Does that happen locally, which means it better be kind of a multi-tenant capability that's right there, very low latency, or are we going to assume that all this stuff goes back up to three different cloud service providers and someplace back in the cloud this all gets resolved? Most of the time when you work through the, the scenarios, if you let it go all the way back up to the cloud and then it has to do something, you can't intervene quickly enough. So there's a lot of interest in figuring out, okay, if I need this kind of multi-tenancy for certain functions, out at the edge of the network in an intelligent environment, well, who provides that? And a lot of people would say, well, that's the natural role for a service provider. They, in many cases, have facilities already there. You know, they're generally pretty well connected, right? And so that may be a very interesting role is they have that multi-tenant edge data center kind of capability that can bring all these immediate interactions together and, you know, service it that way. Mm -hmm. How can they learn to take advantage of that? Are they set up now, like from a skill set and a cultural? It, it varies all over the place. They've got regulatory issues. They have business model issues. They, you know, they have all sorts of um, things they have to sort through. I mm -hmm. think right now they view it as an interesting opportunity. Mm -hmm. They're trying to understand, you know, how big can it really be? What's it really take to solve the problem? What kind of agreements do they need in place? Is there a regulatory issue associated with it? Yeah. So there's a lot of, um, you know complexity that goes into it, but from the kind of technology and architecture point of view, there's clearly a role there. Yeah. The question is, you know, who wants to step up and who wants to solve it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you also talked about um, where business services are going. Uh, yes, so yes. Why don't you give me some ideas around where business services are going? Well, so it's, it's been an interesting um, bunch of conversations, and I, I don't yet have the right terms for it, I don't think, but I've started calling it... Um, Kind of the the mind model, mm -hmm. right? The uh, the yours model and the theirs model. The the mind model says, look, I'm a I'm a you know fairly sophisticated enterprise customer. I need a lot of connectivity, high capacity. I'm just going to get you know dark fiber connectivity from somebody. I'm going to give it to you, know, my folks, my IT shop, and my my IT shop's going to run. It's going to be mine, right? And we're starting to see that certainly in kind of the Fortune 10, maybe Fortune 50, who have the sophistication and, um, you know, need for that kind of a, a capability. The, um, the yours model is one that's been out there for a long time. I go to a service provider and, you know, you're going to build this for me. I've got 100 locations. You're going to give me SD-WAN. You're going to be IPVPN. You're going to be MPLS, whatever it is I want. You're going to connect me up, right? Most everybody's pretty comfortable with that one. The theirs model is, again, one that we see kind of emerging. It's a bit different. It says, look, you get me to one of the, some of the major cloud vendors. And once I'm at that location, you got me connected. They're going to take the rest, do the rest for me. Mm -hmm. And what's been interesting is certainly from my perspective is talking to, you know, the various um, service providers and the enterprises that have come through here. Not everybody's comfortable with all three, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes, 
they don't like the dark fiber model, maybe because they don't have enough fiber to begin with, or maybe the fiber isn't very well utilized. You know, I've run into people where they've got 144 count um, fiber cable, and every one of them is lit with a gigabit Ethernet, which is there's probably good business reasons why they did it that way, but in today's world, it's not very efficient use of the bandwidth on the fiber. Um, I've got others that worry very much about, well, if all I'm doing is giving a connection to the cloud and all the value added is from the cloud, what's my role? Right? So it's been a very rich set of conversations around how this business and enterprise you know, um, services space is going to evolve. Mm-hmm. Well, um, thank you so much for inviting me here today, Steve, for That's Vectors. Cool. It was a pleasure to meet you. Um, no, it's a pleasure to have you here. I, I can tell from all the tours you, you, that you took that you got the right sense of what we're doing yeah. here. It's, it's excellent. Exactly. One last question, CTO um, level. What's next? Um, what's on the horizon? Oh, you? lots of things because, you know, the, the demand for capacity and connections is not slowing down, mm-hmm. right? If anything, you know, the, the very rapid adoption of things like ChatGPT. Yeah. Which, but some people, you know, have shown me the curves. It's the fastest technology adoption in history, right? That's going to continue this march towards, you know, 30, 40, 50% of your growth. And what you found is the, the infrastructure that we, that we provide, this kind of circulatory yeah. system of the internet, of the cloud in some sense, right? That's enabling all this digital transformation, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, you can look towards, becoming effectively the lifeblood of multiple industries, right. all based on the kind of networks and connections and capacity that we can offer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I can't say the sky's the limit because there's going to be limits to all this, but continued adoption and, you know, I look forward to the day when we can really say, you know, we've closed the digital divide, we can put people online anywhere they need to be, you can, you know, work for you know for anybody from anywhere. You can learn anything from anywhere. That that's you know, where, where I see us going. Okay, great. Sounds good to me, Steve. Thank you so much. Thank you.